Hey, welcome back to the Field Trip Podcast. Uh, joining me, my co-host for this episode, she's back for the second time. Uh, and I, uh, before we turn the mics on, Jill, I was going to say, is it Marigos or Marigos? Because I've known you for a while now, <laughs> but it's, it's, so please correct me. It's Marigos. Marigos. And I probably said the same thing last episode. Maybe. It's the, yeah. you know, my, my maiden name is Kasperzak. It's Polish. Okay. And it's got all these consonants. It's really hard to pronounce, but people seem to have a harder time with Marigos. Yeah. I did. When I met my husband, I'm like, it's Maragos? And he's like, <laughs> no. no <laughs> so I'm yeah. like, I, I can't blame anybody. I'm like, <laughs> I got it wrong too. So I don't care. You know? well, Jill Maragos is here on the, the podcast. And last time she was on, we talked about Famous Last Meals. And she was releasing her uh, stand-up comedy album, which is now available. So uh, tell me tell me where I can find it and your website and whatever you want to plug before we get into our topic. Oh, geez. Right off the bat. Okay. My website is jillmaragos.com. Mm-hmm. It's M-A-R-A-G-O-S. And uh, my album is on Helium Records, which they have a website. And you can just go there to get it. Or it's on iTunes and all that mm-hmm. stuff as well. It's um, called Laugh Through This, right? Your album? Yeah. Yeah, and it looks like the cover for Live Through This whole 1990s mega album. (laughs) I don't know what to call it, but yeah, so it looks like that. And you're on tour doing stand-up all the time, so... Uh, we we uh, we'll make it evergreen and just say follow Jill on all that stuff so you can keep up with her and where she's gonna be. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so we talked about last time famous last meals, but on this episode, Jill, I asked you back, and we're gonna talk about uh some of the biggest fads. Oh. Uh, and I'll just say F A D S, just so. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Duh. Yeah, uh, and, we don't want to be homophobic on this podcast, please. <laughs> and the reason I asked you on this episode uh, was for no reason at all. I just said, <laughs> I want to have Jill back on. Uh, and here's what I had in the pipeline. So okay. are there any, I love it. would you say, are there are there any fads that you bought into? Because I took to Twitter and posed this question. What are yeah. some fads you bought into? But did, do you have any that you like, you, you had a closet full of bell-bottom jeans or Jinko jeans or whatever? Yeah, you know, I, I especially when I was younger, I was very fad driven. Mm-hmm. I think like acid wash stuff. Oh God, yeah, that was yeah. bad. I had a lot of that, and you know, it's I, I look. This is right off the bat of divulging secrets, but like, I every time like I get dressed and I look at myself, like, okay, am I put together? I always think in ten years I'm going to regret this outfit. I do because that no too. Matter, you know, you're always going to look back at it and go, this sucks, mm-hmm. which is a good thing because it's like, don't worry about it. You could be wearing your best outfit and you can look at a picture of yourself 20 years from now and you'll be like, what was it? Why did you let me leave the house like that? Yeah. Well, and it's like, then I try to think of like, what's what's a timeless look that was like 1920s look pretty good and also 2020 look like, like can't go wrong <laughs> with black, black yeah. dress or shirt or whatever and but then they're like, oh, that you could definitely tell that's a style of suit that's not from this time. You know, like if, yes. if I was wearing this the Steve Harvey collection, you're like, <laughs> that that was from a certain time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or like the 70s polyester, like 70s seems so stylized to me, mm-hmm. like the big bell bottoms and the polyester stuff. And it's like, oh, but and then, then you see stuff like that come back and you're like, no. 
Oh, Don't I was going to disagree. <laughs> really? It's like some like uh, late night sets with Mitch Hedberg where he's got the collar, big collar flipped out. I'm like, for Mitch, yeah. that really works, you know? It, yeah. Because he's got the whole stoner thing going. Yeah. So you'd expect him to be a little bit offbeat. Yeah. But then like, like in dress. then you see certain people like, and you, even when the fad is going on, you're like, this is not <laughs> it. Like, Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they I had took those uh, pants with the with the loops around the bottom. I don't know if you've seen those for women. They're like leggings. Okay. But you know, like ski pants have the things you they don't pull like your pants don't ride up. Mm-hmm. Like they keep your pants pulled down. Oh, like elastic type things. Yeah. On the and those are coming back. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> why don't do it? Like I remember being like, why did I do that in the first place? And now you're seeing other people like, look at how look how great these are. I'm like you're gonna regret it. Yeah, you're gonna regret it. It's you're gonna, gonna look at bad. those pictures and and then <laughs> ugh. it's yeah, yeah. Whenever somebody will post their senior photo and you're like, oh, you are really buying into all that. I'm I'm guilty <laughs> as anybody. So yeah. Oh yeah, me too. Well, all I. Right. Uh, I have I've compiled the list, but I also took to Twitter and and some of these I never would have thought of. And some of these I also I was like, oh, I should have that should have been in my research. So already I'm thinking about a part two, Jill. Oh, nice. Uh, so, and there are a lot of do you know what pogs are? P.O.G.S. Pogs. Yes. And that was one I, I meant to include, but I did so much research on these other ones. But I don't uh, that would be interesting to look in like because it's just like a cardboard thing that you've yeah lip and it had faces and it really lent itself to consume more 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 because they're all yeah different, collect you know? collect collect right yeah but the, they were just full discs right little and you disc just... then you could oh let me get the the monster truck versions and uh, now i've got grave digger uh... on one and whatever and <laughs> and that that's yeah. the, the kind of phrase and i've said it on this on the field trip here before because i it sound makes me sound smart jill but uh, the phrase yeah. is toyetic of like uh like if there's the ninja turtles there's four of those so you got to buy four as yeah. a kid but then then also they'll have oh let's have the crossover with ninja turtles and wwe so oh. now you've got a new crop of ninja turtles it lends itself to different versions of the same thing essentially right uh, uh yeah the ninja turtles is really great at that um, I have behind me, it's hard to tell, but Jason Voorhees figures. Yeah. And it's like the 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 look changes for every movie. So you can't buy just one. Wrestling figures are great uh yeah. for being toyetic because you've got uh, you got eight different versions of The Undertaker. So that really like pogs probably they would say are toyetic of you got this one, but do you have this special edition version over here? Funko Pops, yeah. probably the best example right now. Yeah. Of being toyetic. How are, how do they um I don't remember how the pogs were sold. Is it like a baseball card type thing where like you have to keep buying them until you got that one that you really wanted? I think so. I had I mean? them, or did you buy the pog that was just that pog? I I always probably got my pogs from the from garage sales. So I just kind of okay. probably inherited that and this is again we're 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 already talking about a part two because if I would have done the research on pogs, we would know that answer. <laughs> Oh, well, let's this to, uh, to be continued. Uh, somebody that said uh, Alestra. Um, <gasps> oh, my God. That stuff made you crap your pants. Yeah, the wow. And I just did a, a, 
uh, an episode on products that failed with a uh, comedian, Sally Brooks. And that was okay. one of those wild potato chips, Alestra. Yes. Made you Your poop. body couldn't metabolize it. And you just, sh- I was yeah. like, what is going on with this? I made the mistake of buying sugar-free candy once, which is kind of the oh, same thing yeah. with the sugar alcohols. Mm-hmm. And we were watching, um, we were wa- when, and it was not like binge watching. It was on like the Sopranos was on. Mm-hmm. And it was like that week's episode. Yeah. And I was just starving down these, <laughs> you know, candies. And I remember sitting in the bathroom going, what's happening now? Who is it? <laughs> what, what are they, do they kill? Do they, like, yeah. I just couldn't get out of the bathroom. That sugar free. I love red vines. I, I prefer red vines over Twizzlers, which I know is okay. a hot, t- hot take. But for some reason, my wife got me red vines. And I think either they are fat free or is the fat free version. And okay. of course, what I don't just eat a couple. I eat no. the whole thing. That's what you do. That's what then, everybody should yeah. do. Yeah. And then later I was like, why am I? Oh, yeah. Oh, Sugar free. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think somebody's just been slipping Alestra uh, for <laughs> at least 30 years of my life. Yes. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, somebody said the <laughs> bump it, the uh, hair volumizing uh, leave-in insert things. Yeah, I'm not used to that. I'm bad at hair. But I've well, seen them. It's like a donut, right? And you put it on. Oh, no. it's the It goes on top of your head, and then you comb your hair over to get it higher. Yeah, it kind of makes it like a, a, a bump. And like this, this somebody posted a picture of it. And it looks, it looks better with the bump it. But also, you you know as well as I do, the, the advertising it rarely turns out to look that way you know yeah never it never turns out that way you just look and then your hair will start to like split on over the bump it and you'll see the bump it under it and yeah yeah you'd need to have like a professional do it and at that point you might as well just have a professional tease the shit out of your hair yeah am i allowed to swear i shouldn't be swearing no you can swear okay um And somebody said smokeless tobacco, which was a callback to our products that failed. There was a cigarette that had no smoke and it was, uh, and and we were trying to figure that out last week or whenever we recorded the episode of, I can't see somebody smoking without the smoke and all that, but it apparently it wasn't like, it was like a plastic thing. Yeah. It was like plastic, but nothing Mm -hmm. came out of it. Yeah. Uh, other people, a lot of Jinko jeans. Yeah, um, I didn't have those. Crypto, maybe, and that's maybe, we'll see if that'll be a true fad. Right. Because I don't it know. It seems how you, like it would be, but I don't how know. Do you, how do you define a fad? If I guess if we're going to talk about I didn't define it myself, but I feel like it pops up. It's really hot for a little while, and then it goes away. And then also, <laughs> if, you, if you could just leave crypto at Goodwill, yeah. that, that's <laughs> like a good sign. If, now, if it's now at Goodwill, maybe it was a fad yeah. a couple of years ago. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Just hot for like a minute. Yeah. Not even like a whole year. Yeah. And it, well, maybe the, a year, year tops. We'll, we'll see some of these where they might have transcended faddom, oh. uh, but maybe not. It's probably up to up to the people. So the first one that I, I did some research on, uh, I'm sure you're familiar Okay, because you just talked about the Sopranos. It made us a, an appearance on the Sopranos. The oh. big mouth Billy Bass. <gasps> Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Anything talking was really big for a while. Yeah. There were like the the flowers that danced mm-hmm. to well, the music and, and stuff. And the Billy Big a, Bass. The company that this guy worked for, that was the thing that they were uh, making 
when he got hired, the guy that invented the Big Mouth Billy Bass. So we will talk about the the little flowers that danced back and forth. But that's like that novelty of, you know, stuff would move or shake or, you know, I have uh, some stuff, some Snoopies that we decorate for Christmas. And it's like, there's one that's got a propeller uh, that moves around and what plays music. We all love the, you got to grab the hand and squeeze the thing and it <laughs> says, you know, whatever, or pull the string, yeah. you know, we all love a talking thing, you know? Yeah. That reminds you of those cat clocks. Remember the cat clock? Oh, with the tail that would young. move back and forth? The tail that would, yeah, that was, that was a pretty big fab mm-hmm. for a while too, but I think they're cool now. Their I, eyes yeah. move back and forth. I want one of that. We have a black cat. So I, it would look great in our kitchen. We have the metal cabinets in our kitchen ah, like from the fifties. Ah, so I feel like it so would cool really retro look. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That'd be awesome. Uh, the, another clock uh, that was kind of a fad too. Do you remember those clocks that uh, was a different bird for every hour? Cuckoo clock? No, not a cuckoo clock. It was like uh, 12, 12 birds on it. So if it was like oh. two o'clock, you'd hear like a, a robin <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like my grandpa gobble, was gobble, yeah it was like, <laughs> like a turkey uh my grandpa was a big uh like he hung outside all the time so he would uh you know tell me all the names of the birds and of course i don't remember any of them but we got him there was like that was a thing on tv is the the clock and every hour had a different bird so we got him with the clock but it wasn't like the real version it was like Here's the other knockoffer. So all the birds sounded the same. Game. Do you remember that thing as a kid? It you just turn it and it'd be like moo. The like cow that. says moo. Speaking. Yeah. That's it what the, you got him. You just speak and say or whatever that speak was. Speak and say. Yes. Yeah. That's that funny. kind of thing. Sorry. No, yeah. but we got him the clock, but it was we didn't get him the real one. And in hindsight, we should have got him the real version of that because all the birds it was like a digital chime it didn't ha- you couldn't tell if it was a robin or a blue jay you know <laughs> like yeah so he has all the birds wrong outside you hear that that's yeah a, <laughs> that's a cardinal cheap, cheap. <laughs> meet me it was uh, they all apparently there's a roadrunner on that tree uh uh well, but let's talk about the big mouth billy bass so it was around the year 2000 uh and this thing was it was on the george bush's oval office on the wall which that that doesn't surprise you Right, he had one in the Oval Office. He did. I guess so. I mean, in my research, they let him. You're allowed to. I think if you're the president, you can do whatever you want. But I guess so. That's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we've learned that a couple times, apparently. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was. I, I guess. I think that would go under the radar with you. <laughs> also on the the piano at Queen Elizabeth's uh, Balmoral Castle. I think I'm saying that right. I think yeah. that's like her vacation home in Scotland, which. I didn't know the queen had to have a vacation. She's the queen, but uh, yeah, every day would have been a vacation. Yeah, the queen had one, uh, and it's featured heavily for at least a season in The Sopranos. Huh. The big mouth Billy Bass, um, and then it was rumored that Bill Clinton sent one to Al Gore. So there, there were fish on both sides. Uh, yes, <laughs> it jumped the political boundaries. Yeah. Uh, so this guy, the inventor, Joe uh, Pelletieri, uh, I'm probably saying that wrong. Uh, Joe uh, Maragos is what <laughs> <laughs> he began his career as a self-professed numbers guy. And he got his MBA at uh, Indiana University 
and uh, he he would he was like a buyer for department stores, but then he got hired on at Jimmy Industries, G uh, G E M M Y, uh, oh. which they were they're from Dallas, and they're they were making uh, also later they're the inventors of those like uh, Christmas inflatables that you see on everybody's oh. So the and they were like you know, I think all these novelty companies is they they get like a bunch of products and then they see what sticks you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Happened to be the hit. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. So he, he he in 1998 they were selling what we just talked about the flowers that dance called Sunny and they sang You Are My Sun My Sunshine. Um, and during a trip with his wife, uh, Pelletieri, they stopped at a, a Bass Pro Shop and his wife says, how about a singing fish on a plaque? So oh, I hope that they stayed married and she got all that money for that, too. Cause... Uh, yeah, because we'll talk <laughs> money, but that that was, you know, if the yeah. queen had one, I'm sure they made a little bit of money, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so he he goes and pitches it to the executives of the company. They say no. So that's a 98, 99, the whole year, he's, he said, I would put my drawing of the fish on the wall and just stare at it constantly. And it wasn't working. Uh, then that all changed when he, when he thought, can you make the head turn? So I guess the, 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 the like the fish was going to be on the wall, but it didn't like pop up off the. Yeah. Cause that's kind of the, the novelty is, Oh, this thing's dancing and talking. Yeah. It you know? starts to move. And yeah. <laughs> what song does it sing? I don't remember. Uh, well, there are two songs. It was, um, sorry if I'm jumping ahead in your notes, don't worry, be happy. Uh, <laughs> Bobby McFerrin. And then also yeah. take me to the river by Al green. Yeah. Take me to the river makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, and I guess Al Green claims that he received more royalties from the Big Mouth Billy Bass than he did from other recordings of that song. Well, good on him. I'm happy somebody made some money off the deal. Don't you sort of feel like that Bobby McFerrin song was a fad in and of itself? This is yeah. like a like what, this is like a Russian nesting dolls of a fad, yeah. You know, and that that could be a whole topic of that. What does the fox say? uh gangnam <laughs> style was huge yeah who let the dogs out oh yeah you can't say that phrase without somebody like in my head yeah, I'm yeah like, just automatically hearing yeah. that yeah you start to say it you're like i hate myself for it yeah. but it's there the macarena yeah. oh um cotton the, eye uh, joe is one that has stuck around you go to any wedding you can't yeah. not hear cotton eye joe you know What's the one with the dance? Uh, the electric slide. Electric, electric slide. Yeah, that yeah. was a fad too. Am I and jumping on your note? I'm sorry. No, I'm no. Like... We're now we're just talking. We're finding fads inside of fads, like you said. Yeah. It's a Russian nesting doll. <laughs> okay. So apparently, so the movement us. of the fish—that's what hooked the the executives. They said, "Let's do it." No pun intended. Apparently, yeah. Sorry, that's not even in the notes. I'm just naturally <laughs> clever, Jill. Uh, <laughs> Got it. Uh, so they called it the Big Mouth Billy Bass, and uh, came to life in the summer of 1999. And retailers who saw the prototype loved it. By early 2000, the Big Mouth Billy Bass became the prize trophy in a slew of specialty stores, including Bass Pro Shop, Spencer's Gifts. Uh, and that they started to charge twenty nine ninety five for this. That's quite a bit back then. Yeah, I mean it's still, you know, 
you know, today 30 bucks is not nothing to just throw out the window, but back right. in, in 2000, that was yeah. some cash, but also yeah. look what you're getting. You're getting a fish that sings all the time when on your <laughs> command, you just got to walk by it and it wants to entertain you. Now I don't, I, I don't think I've ever been inside a bass pro shop before. We, so I'm in Memphis. I live mm -hmm. in Memphis and there's a giant pyramid that used to be a stadium where like the basketball team would play. Okay. The Grizzlies. And I don't know what happened to it, but they decided like it wasn't working. Like it was too big of a building or like something was weird and it closed down and Bass Pro Shop took it over. And okay. so it's this massive, like there's an indoor river mm -hmm. and there's like, it's a little scary in Memphis just because it's like, you know, all these people are like probably walking around with guns and stuff. I'm yeah. like, we have to go in and just see it. Super yeah. busy. It was, I mean, it's cool to see, but it's also super weird because it's like, there's a, it's like a big, it's like Luxor in Vegas. Like, like it It's looks kind of an like, attraction within itself. Yeah. And then there's a big Bass Pro Shop logo <laughs> on the outside. It's just so like, just two different yeah things mushed into one anyway but that's there, there's a big one there there's one in indy that we have one and i you know that's if i'm gonna if i go to a store that's like it it would be just a dick's sporting goods you know yeah um but it's and there also there was one for a while cabela's did you ever have that we and don't I, have it here but I, i've seen them in north dakota yeah so it's they're kind of an attract i imagine it's like if you've never been to like an ikea you kind of just go for the novelty of it. And then if you like it, you'll go back. But you're also like, oh, let's go eat at the furniture store. You know, <laughs> yeah. we need some Swedish meatballs and ice cream cones. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah, some sure. things to put together and fight over. <laughs> uh, so they're selling it for $29.95 and they, they okay. did no advertising. They just run on word of mouth. Uh, the company yeah. boosted profits with limited amounts of the product. Uh, so they said, let's let's make a whole bunch more of these. And by Christmas of 2000, uh, the big mouth Billy Bass was a full-blown phenomenon. And at one point, uh, people would buy it for 30 bucks, and then they were selling it on eBay for like $90. Wow. And that's kind that's of, a, a, I guess, of a sign of a fad, especially around the holidays. People buy all that stuff up and then flip it on eBay. Right. Like uh, Cabbage Patch Kids. Cabbage they Patch Kids. That. Yeah. They would just get them. Like even if they didn't have kids and then just sell them mm -hmm. scalping. It's toy Scum scalping. of the earth, Jim. <laughs> Sons of bitches. Yeah, it's like yeah. if if like it's a toy for a child. Uh yeah. yeah. I just let people buy it. But if it's I don't know, for I feel like you could take advantage of adults. I wouldn't have so much of a problem taking advantage of adults as I would a children's item, you know? Yeah, it's so bad, isn't it? Because, yeah. you know, the kid just wants it for Christmas. And you're like, I will charge you five times the yeah. amount. It's like, wow. Yeah. Um, it was an astonishing figure. Uh, so that selling for 90 bucks, maybe on eBay. But apparently it only costs like 450 to make a Big Mouth Billy Bass. Yeah. So they were making good that. money. Sure. Um, and it's rumored that they uh, made $100 million in revenue. Wow. And sold more than uh, Tickle Me Elmo during its nine-month kind of run in 2000. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because Tickle Me Elbow. <laughs> tickle Me Elbow. That's wrong. <laughs> that's, a, that's what a pirate me... says. <laughs> tickle Me Elbow. <laughs> um, 
that's like for kids of a specific age, right? But like yeah. the bi big mouth Billy Bass could be for any adult, really. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, I mean, the market's so much bigger. How many, you know, how many kids do you know versus how many adults do you know? So you could, right. I'm sure somebody like they, there was one Christmas, probably somebody, I just got everybody big mouth Billy Bass. Yeah. That was the gift I got everybody, <laughs> you just, know, like, look what I got you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. I, I mean, I Whoa. guess it's, I guess it's a, I'm not into like the novelty toys. Like, yeah. and I, again, I say that sitting in a room full of. <laughs> Boys behind yeah. me you know if you're listening if you're just listening you can't tell but that no, but uh, to me none of this is not you don't push a push a button and it starts yeah. to sing or whatever you know but uh yeah i i would rather just you don't have to get me anything because you're just giving me something to take to goodwill you know yeah right yeah um, i get that it's like tacky or whatever yeah but then there's follow-up to this so we'll we'll see a trend Somebody hits big with something, they're going to try to capitalize on it, come out with something else. So uh, another thing that Pelletieri came up with was the uh, Kung Fu hamsters. That's saying uh, Kung Fu fighting Carl Douglas. I remember that too, where it was the little they hamster had the and they nunchucks. had the nunchucks that spun around. Yeah. yeah. So that was the second biggest thing that came out of that company behind, yeah. of course, the Big Mouth Billy Bass. Yeah, you're not going to top Big Mouth Billy Bass. I don't think. No. And so that was like 2000. And another pattern that we'll notice is that uh, there's always going to be updates. And, you know, so in, in 2018, I think this is kind of fun. Jimmy Industries uh, part, partnered with Amazon to create an Amazon Alexa enabled version of the Big Mouth Billy Bass. So that's kind of that's fun. That's kind of funny. Know? Yeah. So do it you call it Alexa or do you call it Billy? Well, I think if you, you you talk to your Alexa and it syncs with a Bluetooth, so when it talks back, the lips it will move. Yeah, and if you request music, it doesn't sing with the music, but it'll dance to it. Yeah, that's so that, interesting. That's kind of more of a novelty thing, I guess. If you want, you know, medical advice from a fish, you could say, <laughs> you know, what do hey, you Alexa. do? <laughs> Genital warts. What do, what do I do? And then it just talks. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Alexa, Google diverticulitis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you do there. It's so weird. It's yeah. kind of funny, though. It'd be good for like a week. Like if you're renting a house somewhere mm -hmm. for vacation or something, you'd be like, oh, that's cute. And then you could yeah. leave it and go home. That'd be like good for an Airbnb type. Oh, the novelty of yeah. something like that, you know? Right. Right. Where you could leave that behind. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you, you and I have both stayed in comedy condos. <laughs> that is kind of something that you leave behind for the other comics, you know. Yeah, that and semen. That's true. <laughs> and and it's even harder me. for you, but you do it somehow. So. I got to go to the food bank, the, the bank, the sperm bank before I hit <laughs> there and just sprinkle it all over the condo. <laughs> it's yeah, did you even stay there if it's not like glitter, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so let's jump from the big mouth Billy Bass. Here's one that I've always heard about, uh, but it was kind of before my time, but, uh, to go, go back to 1975 with the pet rock. I've heard of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, created by a guy named Gary Dahl. Uh, he was working as a freelance advertising copywriter in California. Uh, apparently he's out having drinks with, with people and they're talking about having pets and he's like, 
I don't like having cats. I don't like having dogs. You got to feed them. You got to walk them, give them attention. He said that he didn't have to worry about any of that stuff because he had a pet rock. He said this as a joke. Yeah. He goes home from the bar and he starts writing an owner's manual for the pet rock. A detail. This was like, there's humor to this because I knew it was just a pet rock, but I didn't know there was this much detail to it, you know? Yeah, I didn't know that either. Um, so he, he details uh, how best how to handle it, including tricks uh, in this little pamphlet. And I guess Play Dead was the most popular one. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and also how to remain. Uh, it, it, he talked about how it remained a faithful companion due to its long lifespan. Yeah. Uh, in addition to the manual doll uh, uh, conceived of a cardboard box with air holes that resembled something that you would take home from a pet shop. You know, you got a kitten yes. in here. And uh, if you've not seen it, picture like a Happy Meal container. That's what this looked like. Right, right. Um, and he also... Uh, so in his, his motivation to like make this, can you guess why he would want to start selling the pet rock, Jill? Money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, hit, I gotta hit the buzzer. Yeah, Is it yeah. money, Brett? <laughs> money, yes. I don't yeah, he just had a passion for pet rocks. Do you know if did they paint the rocks or like put a face on it, or was it just a rock in a box? I think it was a rock in a box, and then he would add stuff to it. Again, that's where you you uh introduce different models to it, different versions, and we'll see that with another thing uh here coming up but so he he needs uh money he needs investors so he talks to these guys george coakley and john uh hagerty uh two colleagues so and and both sign on and coakley invests ten thousand dollars in 1975 in rocks uh in this in this idea yeah so and i oh. i did the math in 1975 ten thousand dollars in today's money is roughly 40 kajillion dollars <laughs> i don't know how ten thousand dollars is a lot now that's a lot of money on, a, on a, in an idea like a pet rock yeah a guy, a visionary because i'd be like no no like but th then you always hear of like oh he you know he passed on whatever and then you realize yes. it was the biggest oh it was apple computers or whatever so it's like you <laughs> yeah. always hear it and was like Google. should i yeah should i get yeah. on the ground floor of this but then yeah. there's also, the, you know, the people you're like, you know, I, I was I sold my stock back in the day and now I don't own Microsoft, you know. Right. Yeah. Of course, this sure. is not Microsoft. This is the pet rock. So I don't yeah. need I don't think anybody thought, wow, that's really going to be Microsoft one day, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could go out in the backyard and get myself one if I wanted. Uh, yeah. I guess it's not. But it does have the packaging and. It's kind but of you, funny, right? And you're—I know you're—you're you're an animal person, and you would rather ad adopt than buy at a rock mill, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd find a rock in the street, and I would just have to bring it home. Yeah, you know, yeah. put you're, it in my car. Sounds like you you're know, a sucker, like my wife and I. Anytime <laughs> there's a stray, it's like, God damn it! Now we own this yeah. thing. So this rock rolling down, we're just a rolling stone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so he boxed the rocks with the, with the manual and packed them and stuff called Excelsior, which I didn't know what this was, which it's uh, which is soft wood shavings uh, and, and like a pile. So, you know, remember on uh, a Christmas story, the dad gets yeah. the lamp and he's throwing all that shit out of that. I guess yeah. that kind fragile. of stuff is like, yeah, fragile is called Excelsior <laughs> is that the wood shaving type stuff. 
that's a fancy medieval kind of name for something yeah. that's just wood shavings. Yeah, because in the picture, when you Google, it just kind of looks like it's nestled on like half a bird's nest, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, the rocks were purchased Elsewhere. from a local sand and gravel company, which sourced them from Mexico's Ro uh, Rosarita Beach. Uh, he debuted the rock at a gift show in San Francisco in August 1975 and then waited for a reaction. And, and did he get one, Jill? Oh, did he ever? Uh, Neiman Marcus, they wanted a thousand uh, rocks. Bloomingdale's later signed on and even Newsweek did a story about it and featured a picture in it. So yeah. back in 1975, you know, magazines aren't what, the, you know, what the, back in the, back in the day meant a lot more, but to be in Newsweek yeah. and, and have your Big thing deal. and yeah, because yeah. it's like, you know, this was like, if you go to like a gift shop, you see like, you see the pet rock, probably the chattering teeth. Yeah. What, what are other <laughs> things that you see at a gift shop that you're like, I'll get it for the cousin I don't like, but it's like, this is just bullshit, you know? There's like a whoopee cushion. Whoopee, those like, like sticky hand things that you the throw. Hand, or there was always like at Spencer, there was like a tube that would fold in on itself. Like it, you, it would just keep, like it was like a paper towel tube with liquid in it. Almost. Oh yeah, yeah. And it would just keep moving. It didn't do anything. It was almost it just... like, almost sexual. Like the, like a... <laughs> Which, yeah, like, but it's it could like have been a, sexual. It's Spencer's too. It's, Spencer gift always have like weird. I I do love Spencer's because it's like the farther back you go in Spencer's, it's like dirtier. You got like lava lamps. Uh, you want a <laughs> shirt of a meme? Because I've been in one in the past six months. Because it is fun to go in or like fake yeah. dog poop, fake bony yep. pills, uh, and then like dildos and lingerie. <laughs> but then also a Ouija board. It's yeah. like you want to summon the the dead. <laughs> like, what yeah. an odd and collection. A, and weird posters. They always had like weird posters at the back too. Yeah, that you know, teenage Brent going back there and seeing all the posters. It's yeah, brings back metal. memories of the that well metal posters, but mostly half nude women. But uh, oh, that too. I always yeah. remember the metal posters, but I wasn't as interested in the. Women well, you know, <laughs> I was there for the metal posters, but it was also you. You flip a little, little longer on the. Ooh. You know, oh, and just be like, can you believe that they had these? I this is my first time here. What? You know? I've never seen. Who's this? Yeah, yeah. This? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Sir, you were here eight times face. today. Yeah. yeah <laughs> um. So when the holiday season rolls around, uh, and est Dahl estimated that he was selling, and this is crazy numbers, a hundred thousand pet rocks a day. Yeah, I can't. I guess it could it be. I I mean, the rocks. It was pet rock, but it was also the novelty of the little carrier and the excelsior and the right i guess it's one of those things where it's again it's the big mouth billy bass maybe you wouldn't buy it for you but it's like a fun gift to give but it's also it's kind of clown shoes the the joke is that they're right. really big but then there's not much past that it's really big you know right like, right well they probably weren't as expensive either as a billy bass right so you probably at the time you could get one for like a couple bucks yeah so I could see there being a larger, especially like, oh, these first came out and everybody went and got one. Mm -hmm. And like, he was the only one that had them. I'm sure they were knockoffs. And stuff. Anytime you get something big, you get the 
the knockoffs of it. So if you can get on the ground floor and make your money quickly, which is what this guy did, you know? Yeah. You don't want the shitty companion stone versus the pet rock. You want the good name brand. Yeah. Pet rock. That's what I would have gotten is not the pet rock, but like the, uh, (laughs) I'm fostering a piece of coral until they take it back or something. Yeah. My mom would have just bought me the one from like the dollar store or something, just from yeah. the parking lot. No, yeah. no, it's good. They just didn't have the, you know, they didn't it's, have the box. This is a stray, <laughs> clearly, you know. Like, <laughs> clearly. Is this, do you feel, well, go ahead. I'm sure you have more on this. Well, he, he said on? he sold about uh, 1.3 or 1.5 million uh, of those pet rocks in just a few months. And apparently Coakley, one of the investors, made $2,000 back on his initial $10,000 investment. Uh, Dahl uh, gave both Coakley and uh, Hagerty Mercedes. Okay. And I guess the profit margin was he was making $0.95 cents of profit on each pet rock. So he earned over a million dollars. Wow. Which, when you think of like a million dollars in the scheme of things, it's not like it's not $100 million like the Big Mouth Billy Bass. But the right. guy was selling a cardboard box with a rock in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So random. Yeah. Do you feel like this is a predecessor to the Tamagotchis? I think so. And that, that could have been another fad that we talked about is we all like stuff to take care of. Don't we? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Will there be a a Chia pet? Oh my god! That could be a, th- a thing we could talk about, or Tamagotchi, yeah. or uh, even like the like a fish at the fair. You right, know? like we all like a fish. little thing to take care of, you know? Yeah, yeah, especially when you're little. Yeah, we, there's like the li- when you're real little, or then as you get older, you want some responsibility, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I guess you know, doll was. He made a million dollars. He was satisfied, but apparently his two investors were not. And they claimed that they didn't, they received too small of a share of the profits and later sued the guy. And after a judgment, he wrote them a six figure check. Whoa. So let's say he shelled out a hundred thousand dollars. He still made nine hundred thousand dollars. Yes. Yeah, that's this. pretty good. Um, I mean, because it's not, there's how big of a, like, okay, so you have to get the boxes made. You have to get the Excelsior or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's the manuals that printed up, but if you do it in bulk, manuals it's printed. not whatever, that bad. You know, yeah. Like with the Billy Big Mouth, big what is it, Billy Big Mouth big Billy mouth, Bass? Yeah. Oh, Big Mouth Billy Bass. You gotta put it. It's a more complicated build, electronic, and and that was for, they made that for four fifty. Of course, they were buying a bunch of them and they got it down to a science, but right. You know, it's still like so much, it's like technology. You have to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? There's nothing into you throw a box and you throw a rock in a box. Yeah, this doesn't even sing nothing. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> all these Mexican rocks come and take it all of our <laughs> yeah. work. <laughs> all our American rocks jobs. Just sitting there doing nothing. Good American sandstone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, of course, over. With, with any uh, fad, they try to prolong it. Uh, there were attempts to uh, keep this going. Uh, the, he offered a bicentennial version in 1976. It had the American flag painted on it. So that's when you oh. get some uh, new stuff. A mail order college uh, degree you could get for it. You could get a degree for your rock. Now you're tr- accessorizing. You get a little, little yeah. extra gimmicks. 
He sold yeah. Pet Rock t-shirts, Pet Rock shampoo. Uh, there were also copycat gifts uh, since a doll couldn't really patent a rock. Can't, you know. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you uh, can't. Uh, you can patent the idea maybe of doing, no, I guess not. I don't know how you do that, you know. But then he also, not just rocks, he also had the official sand breeding kit which claimed to provide guidance on growing sand. Oh, geez. Like these, you know. He went all in. Yeah, a canned earthquake, which consisted of a coffee can that had a wind-up mechanism that caused it to jump around on a table. So then you're, like, getting away from the original. Yeah. Like, you know, but also... You gotta wonder, like, how much of that 900k he spent on the canned earthquake? Yeah, or at that point, when you have the success like the Pat Rock, if it's easier to go and get funding for this other stuff, I mean, I would just you would never see me again. You just like <laughs> would see me at this little tiki shack in a small town, and they'd be like, Yeah, that guy right there, he made the pet rock and never did anything else again. <laughs> He wrote it till the wheels fell off. I would. I, yeah. I, we were talking about Spencer's gifts. I meant to, do you remember those things? It's like a tube and you turn it upside down and it makes a noise. It was like. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. yeah. It sounds kind of like vomiting. Yeah. But it's like, I don't, but what do you, like, what do you whoop. call that? Like noise stick? Like. And, yeah. And why did, why do I know about that? Obviously somebody had one. Where it yeah. was just, oh, it makes the noise and right, right. Yeah, like, like. <laughs> and how long do you tolerate that before you just throw it across the room? How long do your parents tolerate it? You know, right, <laughs> right, exactly. And I yeah, guess the have... good thing with the pet rock is it's not making noise. It's not. That's true. Take me to the river. You know, it's like <laughs> go play with your you rock. Look. You know, <laughs> go. Your rock needs some food. Go give yeah, it some food. go yeah. feed it. Yeah. It's... <laughs> So uh, what what he does, Dahl, he, you know, he tries to do all these things, and eventually he opens a bar in Los Gatos. He named it Carrie Nation Saloon, um, but it's not really. It was a lot of problems because everybody knew, oh, this guy, he opened a bar, the Pet Rock guy. Uh, so then people would start to come into the bar with the next Pet Rock. Essentially, they got a new oh, idea, pitching ideas. Yeah, many times the their ideas consisted of packaging bull or uh, elephant excrement oh my gosh uh there were also proposals to market a pet stick he had no patience for any of these and he uh, <laughs> believed the pet rock could not be duplicated i i think you could but it's also there's only enough we once you had a pet rock you got to wait about 10 years for a new crop of pet rock people you know yes uh, yeah like, i would even give it longer than that like yeah. you need to generate almost a, like at least 20. You need like your next generation, like the next kids mm -hmm. to want the pet rock. And maybe I think it's they were being sold the, to adults too. Like a, it's not like the pet rides. You got to like update the pet rock to be, you know, essentially the big mouth Billy Bass, you know? Right, right, right. And now there's right. like even, it's not really a fad, but it's like there's services where you can just mail somebody glitter. You can mail somebody a potato. Like and they'll really? write something on it, and they'll you know you of course you could do it. You could send me a potato, but yeah. it, I guess if it means more contacting the potato people to send mail somebody a potato. Yeah, that's odd, isn't it? It's odd, is, but it's this, 
Does the glitter the just come loose? Because glitter's a pain in the ass. I think that's the idea. Is oh, it's, that's it's not anthrax, but it's <laughs> now you got worse. glitter everywhere. It's you worse. Know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, well, so he, he eventually he went back to advertising after taking what he described as an eight-year vacation following mm-hmm. the su- success of the project. Sure. Uh, and uh, do you think he research, went to the Rockies? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can stupid. still get a pet rock today. Petrock.com is the sponsor of the show. Not really, but if they want to <laughs> throw some over oh, my 1-800 way. hundred pet rock. Yeah. Uh, and it's only twenty nine ninety nine apparently. No. Yeah. And there, you, you can buy it on Amazon. They've got a whole bunch of like uh, screenshots of the pet rock being in pop culture and stuff like that. So hmm. petrock.com dot still around. Okay. Uh, I don't want one. <laughs> no, no. I've got real dogs to take care of, and I, you know. You can buy it on Amazon, and it does have uh, almost five stars out of 405, 458 ratings. I I'm sure a lot of the reviews gave it like are, a one. Uh, this is a just a pet rock. Yep, that's what yeah. it is. It's, I was expecting something so much different, and I got a rock. And I don't, you know, <laughs> I thought it was going to be bigger. <laughs> uh, I clicked on the one-star reviews. This says literally a rock in a nondescript box from December 2020. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, I guess the pictures that this guy took, it's not like the it's just a box a rock in a box. It's not like the the picture. So I guess if it's different than the picture, yeah. Yeah. Uh this one says just a rock. Um <laughs> again, I think it's more misleading that it didn't come with the box. So probably a lot of his nostalgia. Oh, I see. The rock didn't come in the box. It was just a rock. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, a lot of these pictures are just a regular cardboard box. It's not like the picture. Yeah. yeah. So somebody got duped, apparently. Like, like if you go to the Wish app and they sell you a rocket a box, yeah. how bad must that be? You know yeah. what I mean? They're selling the Wish.com version <laughs> of the Pet Rock. Of from the Pet Rock. Yeah. Uh, yeah, from I'd be mad rock. too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. But apparently you can still get one. So if you need to satisfy your Pet Rock urges, there you go. No judgments. <laughs> uh, here's one that's uh, probably the newest one we'll talk about. And the one I kind of knew nothing about, but the fidget spinner. Ah, oh, the fidget spinner. Yeah. I've not had one. Have you? I haven't either, but it seems like that we're doing research. I'm a fidgety guy. I always got yeah. a pin. I'm clicking stuff or a yeah, lot of times here at my desk, I'm playing with a pair of scissors, which is not. <laughs> Not the yeah. thing that you. I have those hand things, those exercise Fruzy hand balls. things. Oh, this yeah. hand, the the little tension where the yeah, med- yeah, I know things. yeah. So I have all that, but I've never delved into a fidget spinner. And it was, I don't have kids, so it was like we'll call it 2017. But every you just everywhere you just started seeing these at gas stations and by yeah. the counter, and you're like, what? What is this? Like what? And then. How does it become popular? You right. Know? Yeah. Uh, but I, so we'll call the year kind of the year that was super big, 2017, but we got to go back to 1993. Okay. Uh, yeah. It was, it was in the making. Really? Catherine uh, Hedinger filed a patent for her quote spinning toy. The invention looks nothing like today's fidget spinners, but still paved the way for future spinners. 
And I will say Catherine, the lady who kind of invented it, uh, has gotten zero dollars. Oh, no. Yeah. Because the patent expired. Oh. She what? She didn't keep up on it, and that really like opened up other inventors to uh, make it what it became today. Right, cash so and spinning. Yeah, her original design was kind of like a frisbee type deal. Uh, she took it to Hasbro. They said no way. Twenty thirteen rolls around. The the patents expire, and people start to make it. This guy named Scott McCoskery came up with with what's what's called a torque bar so picture like a pack of gum like the rectangle one and you mm -hmm. hold it in the middle and it maybe has like a little spinner thing that you could spin it so it's just kind of like a bar it's not like the triangle fidget spinners yeah. that we see today but he he made it because he got he would fidget in meetings and stuff well that um, makes it more pronounced doesn't it you're sitting there whipping around a piece of I, yeah but I guess You're it's better like than tricks and yeah. people are like, what's with Steve? <laughs> yeah. He's you know what it's I like mean? a glow He's stick or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a baton twirler. Oh no, I'm just nervous. Don't yeah. worry about it. No, me. I'm I'm yeah. just I have a lot of energy and anxiety. Uh yeah, 2016, many third party companies started creating cheaper knockoffs of the torque bar. Uh he stayed uh, he stayed ahead of the competition by adding another prong and changing the material, the hard plastic. And that's where we get kind of this fidget spinner that we know today. Interesting. Um, I think plastic's the way to go because if it falls, it's not going to be like tank, 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 tank. Yeah. You know. Well, I guess yeah. they're like higher end ones where they're like made out of metal with ball bearings, and you yeah. can, if you want to spend some money on a fidget spinner, which God knows who hasn't. Uh, right. <laughs> you you can, you know. I have blown through paychecks for those. <laughs> what were the things from um, uh, Inception? Do you remember uh, those? Like a top, like, like a kind yeah. of like a top. Yeah. I that and maybe I don't know if that would you consider that a fad because I feel like that's like a a nineteen fifties toy before like stuff. Maybe. But then there was something know. similar. Jill, you know those clackers. Yeah. It's like the the one ball knocks the other one around. That was yeah. one on on Twitter said their thing was the clackers. Interesting. Uh, do, there was also a thing my grandpa made or bought, but it was like, it's got two handles and two strings that go through like a, a piece of wood that's a circle. And you like take it and you wrap the string around itself and then you can kind of pull it and then the circle will spin. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes sense. I've it's never like, seen one, but I know what you're talking about. It's kind of like probably like a Cracker Barrel type toy, you know? Yeah. And again, a lot I, of this stuff at Cracker Barrel, couldn't I? I don't know if, yeah, like a, a train whistle and all that. Yeah. The peg game, even, you oh, know. Peg game. Yeah. Like, but that kind of stuff where it's like, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily call that a fad, but that's definitely, it was definitely a fidget spinner for me as those type of yeah. gadgets, you know? Yeah. Something to do. Yeah. To, to fidget with. Um, right. 2017. Uh, I guess was when they blew up fidget spinners became the hottest craze making Amazon's top 20 best-selling toys list. Huh. Uh, they were simple, but remained popular even as other toys like Hatchimals and drones, uh, electronic games were released. Interesting. Uh, 2019, the lack of a concrete pattern of the fidget spinner has made it. So anyone can, you can just make your own and 
it's kind of the pet rock. How do you, you know, you yeah. just do it. No, anybody could make their own. Yeah. Uh, so you find unique shapes, styles, some uh, that light up, others that come with replaceable pieces, all that stuff, you know? Yeah. And I, I guess it was like back in the day, the, the original lady was like made it for fidgeting, for anxiety, for ADHD. Like, to, cause I like kids would have them in the classrooms, but apparently a lot of those schools ban them because essentially they're a toy. Right. And, you know, then they're not for fidgeting. It's really, let's play with this fidget spinner during. Right. Look what I can do. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. It's taking focus away from it for sure. Um, and that, so the question is, do they work? So there was a study in 2018, uh, 81 healthy adults between 23 and 51 were asked to take part in the study. They were given fidget spinners and a stylus, and the, they were asked to draw a spiral using a tablet and a stylus. So one group had the fidget spinner, another group didn't. And apparently the people that had the fidget spinner uh, drew circles a lot more accurately. To, 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 like, I, I don't know, this seems like a stretch yeah it that does was, a there was bit. like a study for fidget spinners <laughs> right That's um, weird. yeah but for adhd and and maybe to take your your jitters and your fidgets and put it somewhere so now i can work on something else you know right but your if your attention's here on the fidget spinner then how do you get your attention off the fidget spinner on the I don't, is maybe it it's like, like a matter of like putting it into it and then being like, okay, I've used up my fidgeting and now I can focus? Probably you put it because, you know, I'm like a leg jiggler. Do you jiggle yeah. your leg like you tap and yeah, maybe you kind of just do it without doing it. Now all that nervous energy is in the leg and you could actually focus on whatever. Maybe that's kind of the idea of it, you know? Yeah. But if your leg's jiggling, you can still use both your hands to do things. Yeah. And then, like if you've got a fidget spinner and you're spinning it, both your hands are occupied. Yeah. I you don't know. know. That's the only thing I'm thinking. I just mean that in the context of like a study. It seems I, a little bit weird. I should have bought one. I should have sent you one. And we could have really gotten to the bottom Prepared of this. notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, qu the question time. is, how do they become popular? Because that's what I was thinking is, how do you get this out into the to the world and a you know, from what I know, it was like YouTube videos of people doing tricks with the fidget spinners, yes. Instagram celebs doing tricks and kind of influencing. Yeah. Look who's got the fidget spinner. Word of mouth yeah. uh, and, and used in schools for ADH kids, uh, ADHD kids and with anxiety. So like it's a method that people will use, but then it's also it's a method that all the kids used. So right. Right. Like, why does he get to have the fidget spinner? Well, maybe he can actually use it. but. You know, how do right. you tell one kid you can't have it, but then another kid can? Doesn't really right. work that well, you know? Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Can't really do that. So and it's, it's hard to track who made what money from. But I found a story. These two teens made $350,000 from selling fidget spinners. Whoa. So I'll just break it down briefly. A kid okay. named Alan uh, Mammon. And Cooper Weiss, both seventeen, they're online looking for fidget objects. There's like a there was a fidget cube that was um, not GoFundMe, but uh, what's the other one where you crowdsource it, crowdfunding or whatever? Uh, not GoFundMe. Uh, but it's the, those types of things, you know. Yes, you can, that's going to drive me nuts. Kickstarter, maybe Kickstarter. Yeah, 
Yeah, so they're looking for a fidget thing. They find fidget spinners on Etsy and realize the people selling these fidget spinners are just making them with 3D printers. Mm-hmm. And what does their school have is 3D printers. So they learn how to make the 3D, uh, the fidget spinners with the printers and started making hundreds within a few weeks and were selling them to kids for $25 a piece. Oh my gosh. Yeah. These kids are business. smart. Yeah. Well, well, of course, the, the school didn't like kids being smart, <laughs> like using, they didn't like using the 3D printers to make money. So they yeah. shut that down, but then they took that money they made, bought their own 3D printers. Yeah. Started a company called Fidget 360, uh, which is still online today, I guess, like on Instagram and stuff. Um, so they were selling it for like 25, but then that's when the market started being, everybody's making fidget spinners. And then yeah. eventually they could only sell them for like five bucks a piece. Interesting. They said they're so one big flaw. Bad. Because they needed they needed volume, and they they went to a company in a, in the United States to make them. But what they should have done is gone to China, had a lighter material, quicker to make, and they're like, we could have made so much more, uh, with volume and quickness to to the market. They they're like, that's our only real mistake. But either way, yeah. these two seventeen year old kids made three hundred fifty thousand dollars off the pet rock of twenty seventeen. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Wow. I mean, kind of good on them. Probably not cool that you're using supplies from the school to make money off of, uh, I, you know. I say go for it. You made, yeah, you made I, your I money and then you got your own 3D printers, but. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's... I give them credit. Yeah. Those kids are lazy. They went out and did something, you know, yeah, good on them. Made more money than the whole school staff combined. <laughs> like, and I'm not shitting on me. teachers or anything. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. Right. Like, <laughs> just, But that's like. That like that the company Jimmy, it's like every every what a hundred items is a fidget spinner, but you have to get through those hundred items before you find inflatable Christmas decorations. You know, like yes, yeah. You just gotta you gotta find it, and hopefully it catches on. Otherwise, you're stuck with a warehouse of pet sticks. You know, (laughs) sand. The earthquake in a can. Yeah. That sounds like, you know, oh, you know, you know, Brent, he's a, he's an earthquake in a can, that one. <laughs> like, it sounds like a phrase. Uh, yeah, we got one more. around him after the Olestra. He's just <laughs> an earthquake in a can. <laughs> you yeah. stay away from after he has a bag of those, sh- those sugar-free uh, red vines. Look out. Earthquake in his pants. But uh, <laughs> this last one, you know it. Everybody knows this one. Uh, and it, I, I initially thought it was a fad, but I don't, I don't know if it's a fad anymore, but, uh, Furby, Jill. Oh no, I was off. That's not what I was going to What do you, what'd you right. think it was going to be? Beanie babies. That was on Twitter. Somebody said beanie baby. And that's one I should have looked up, but so that maybe that's a part two, but I forgot all it's like, that's why I took to Twitter. Cause there were so many fads, like, yeah. especially for women and girls, like, Mm-hmm. I didn't, I, that's not my demographic. So yeah, it's not your thing. Yeah. You don't think about it, but I should have. Did somebody say planking? Mm, yeah. Was planking was one or like Tide Pod challenge and, and, the, but the, that's like, how do you, there's no real numbers for that stuff. You know, yeah, it's hard to not, talk about that. Re- yeah, absolutely. Okay. So go ahead. You're going to say Furby. Furby. Uh, and I just, that was kind of when I was a kid and I, and thankfully I never wanted a Furby. That's not, was not for me, 
but yeah. I just remember you, you see people fighting in a store for a Furby. Yeah. They and it could have been, me. yeah, could have been for adults or it could have been for kids or could have been like a guy. I want a Furby, you know? <laughs> And it's when you think about it, like, you know, uh, Gizmo from Gremlins is very yes. similar. And we yes. all like a little cute furry thing, you know, baby Until Yoda. Until it gets wet and then it murders yep. you in your sleep. Don't mm -mm. feed it after midnight. <laughs> no. See, that's, um, they scared me. Their eyes would open. I'd be like, oh my God. Like you'd yeah. see them and then they'd like, they'd make that sound. I don't like it. It's too real. Well, that was the, one of the creators we'll talk about later. Like he said, that was the appeal of the Furby. Was people like a like the human human qualities on a an animate object, and he also said that was also the turnoff. People like yeah. you, where they said, "I don't like this human thing that's not human." Mm -mm. That freaks but, me right out. So you don't like you know these more like I guess it would be I don't know if you like Alexa or Siri or. Those types I, of things, you know? I like Siri, but I'm too old school. It feels weird. I always say thank you. Yeah. Because it feels weird to that. be like, yeah. yeah, hey, Siri, thanks. I appreciate it. That's yeah. Hey, Siri, what's the temperature outside? <laughs> oh, it's really cold. Thanks, Siri. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it just thank feels you. weird. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I like it and I use it. Yeah. You know, but it's also not moving, you mm -hmm. know, it's fine. You know what I mean? But like, Things that are like, like, it, like if we go buy something in a store where it's like a skeleton that opens its eyes as you walk by. Uh -uh. Oh, that, I, get, that's, I get so nervous. We, we love the Halloween stores. Of course, the time of this recording, it's almost October. We love to go to Spirit Halloween, see all the animatronics. I'm not, we're not, my wife and I, we're not really into like a haunted house, but we go to the haunted hay rides because there's a lot of those animated uh like animatronic type things and so you don't you don't you're not a fan of oh. like the Chuck E. cheese band no i want <laughs> well i don't mind it they're there and they're just doing whatever i've, yeah. I've never been to a Chuck E. cheese but i get that me, it's like, me neither okay. but i'm aware of the band and yeah you know. you know what it is and but like there's something to it coming to life yeah you know like the furby would be down and then it would be like its eyes would open you're like oh, shit. Mm -hmm. like it was like it came back from the dead yeah well even like today with like stuff do you know like about deep fakes do you know what that is yeah like uh you know can make joe biden you know look like he's saying things that right it's not real and then recently was it james earl jones uh the voice of darth vader yeah. He's like, I don't want to do that. And I don't want to do the voice anymore. So he signed over his voice essentially to a company that can like make the Darth Vader voice and do his voice, but it's all robot type stuff. Right. It's just computer generated. Yeah. So to thank you, you let's make a let's make a James Earl Jones deep fake and then let's make him say a whole bunch of things. Yeah. That's not him some at all. young girl. That's not him doing it. And yeah. 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 That's kind of weird, isn't it? And we we all have Furby to think. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> that's my line of thinking. I don't know if that's true. Furby but... and the Teddy Rockspin. Yeah. And it was a teddy bear and I still didn't like it. I had that. And I, uh, it, that was another yard sale purchase. And okay. uh, mine would talk and stuff. And I did yeah. like that. So I think you and I are on opposite sides of this. Okay. I'm I pro machines the, and you're 
You're anti-machine. You're going to try and take down the Terminator. <laughs> the, Teddy, the Teddy Ruxpin wasn't as bad, like I said. But there's something about the like the shiftiness of the Furby. The eyes were a little yeah. bit. And it, like I said, it kind of coming to life. That part, you're just like, geez, you know. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know. But I see, I don't, I, you like all the horror films and stuff. And I am too, I, I guess the adrenaline. Like, I okay. think that's probably what appeals to people is the adrenaline or whatever. But I get, I buy so hard into it. Like, I just, yeah, it's too much for you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I played Resident Evil 7. I did Twitch for a little while and I played mm-hmm. Resident Evil 7 and it's very realistic. <laughs> like, leave the room where I was playing the game. I'd be like, oh my God. Like, I just felt like I was still in the oh, game. Yeah. You're and you're opening doors. Playing. Yeah. yeah. And I can't get out of it. It's too, it's very scary. Like, I just, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's almost scary. It's not the same, but it's like, do you still, do you hear the Tetris music sometimes in your head for no reason? <laughs> have that? Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. I don't, and that's not kind of not the same where you're trying, you're trying to get out of the game, but you're in real life. But maybe we focus so hard on those things that now it's like imprinted in our brain or something. I think so. Cause my husband and I do a lot of escape rooms. Mm-hmm. And then like, and I'm super hardcore about them. I just, I mean, we've played every escape room in Memphis. Yeah. Like if I go to a different town, like if I'm in Omaha for the weekend, I'll be like, come meet me out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like you're in it for an hour. And I love the fact that you're just like, you don't look at your phone because you don't think about it. Like you're just so focused on what you're doing mm-hmm. that it's like, okay, this is like, you forget everything for an hour. I, it's like a placeholder. Like it okay. pushes everything out. But then when you get out, you're like, that's interesting. That telephone pole has a T in it. What do you think that means? Like, I still do that for like a couple hours later going, well, what could these colors mean? Yeah. Why, what, yeah. Should we put these in color, like in order? And I, I have to like take, go, wait, no, you're not in the game anymore. Yeah. You've got that problem solving brain, but you're at the yeah. grocery store and you're, <laughs> it, there's, there's no problems to be had. They just want you to buy there's things, no, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. Well, uh, Furby kind of made up by three guys, David Hampton, Caleb Chung, and Richard C. Levy. Now, David Hampton and Caleb Chung, kind of the idea guys behind this. Uh, backgrounds in electronics and Richard uh, Levy uh, had to do with li- licensing, which uh, is boring to me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but their, uh, their inspiration was the uh, Tamagotchi. So again, I, little we we like a little thing to take care of. Yeah, and the um, Tamagotchi is like a little. I can't like, remember it if li- like, like it a was a computer egg screen type the, thing. Yeah, but it showed a little guy, not guy, but like animal on the little digital screen, mm-hmm. right? Or yeah. did the compartment look like? Did the toy itself look like a a toy, and then the screen showed its stats? I kind of remember, I think I had one that was a dinosaur and it looked like a dinosaur egg and it was kind of like, you could have it as a keychain type thing. Yes. And what the shittiest I mean, did the, graphics did the of plastic all time. Part, <laughs> but was it, were the graphics the thing that looked like the dinosaur or did the outside, like the plastic part look like the dinosaur and then it was just stats on the inside, like heartbeat or food level or what, you know. I think the one that I had looked like a dinosaur on the graphics. It almost was like the same kind of technology as like a graphing calculator. All right. <laughs> Whereas like this is yeah. a step below the the original Game Boy, you know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry, um, go ahead. 
so they they saw the Tamagotchi at the uh, annual toy fair trade show in New York. And while they were there, there was no denying how cool the idea was. And one big issue Hampton spotted with the Tamagotchi uh, was that you couldn't pet it. This was a virtual thing. They said, let's make one that you could kind of pet. So they designed the Furby. They were working for looking for a name for the Furby. And they they essentially set it on furball. Uh, and it spoke a mismatch language uh, of of the stuff that Hampton had picked up while he was in the Navy. And just for people wondering, the, the language is called Furbish. Furbish. Yeah, I found that out later, so I had to go back and put that in the notes. Yeah. Uh, he spoke Furbish. Uh, and Chung, he said uh, he didn't grow up with bra- boundaries in my thinking, uh, which helped him cultivate terrific skills and thinking outside the box. And that I just thought that was a great quote is he said he said he didn't have boundaries in my thinking is what he said interesting that's i if you all think about like everybody else then you don't make furby you don't make big billy bass you like these are idea men but they come up with a hundred ideas but you got to have that one you know yes yeah um so they they go to tiger electronics uh they got a license to deal with them so tiger becomes hasbro and in 98, uh, in October of 98, Furby made his public debut at the New York, uh, New York's fabled FAO Schwartz toy store. Yeah. Uh, the store had, uh, so this is late October of 98. They had 35,000 Furbies back ordered by the end of the week. Whoa. Yeah. Just at the one store all over the country. I think at, at the New York one. Okay. Um, and then to put it in perspective, in 1998, they sold 1.8 million Furbies and that's wow. after it debuted in October of 98. Whoa. Sold 2 million Furbies in like three months. Why did I think Furbies were older than that? I guess not. 98's not that. That's like 20 years ago. That's not so yeah. long ago. That's like, I, I, something I remember. It wasn't, it's, it's not long ago, but it is long ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It <laughs> feels like, long. Yeah. It feels like for, because the, the technology seems so, uh simplistic compared to stuff right now yeah you know like and video it, games are so like detailed and you know there's just so much more going on yeah but you can you, have you the look full at furby, ai of things and you yeah. know back then it was it speaks furbish and it says these eight phrases or whatever you know like yeah and it you also have to think take about, care of it um i think you did a little bit and that's the thing i never had one so you could interact with it, and I think the moods would change. That's what they kind of programmed it. And we'll talk about how they've evolved the Furby. Okay. But think about 1998 and then also around 2000, you had these interactive things. You had the the Big Mouth Billy Bass that would sing. It wasn't kind of the one-note joke, but you also had the Furby that would interact. We could talk with it. Yeah. It was kind of like the the toy fads were singing and dancing and all that type of shit, you know? Right, right. The The Tickle Me Elmo's. So in, in 98, the total number of, of Furbies skyrack, skyrocketed to 14 million. Wow. So 98, 2 million, 99, 14 million, and they sold them for around $35. Jeez. Um, by the end of the, the first three years, they sold about 40 million Furbies. Oh, my gosh. Don't you just picture like a giant trash mound with just like decommissioned furbies in it <laughs> and then they're just like all coming to life and like crawling all over each other 
I picture you and like uh, <laughs> it, it's it's a it goes back to uh, Child's Play Two where Chucky is oh. in the factory with all the other good guy dolls. I yeah. I would love to see you in the factory <laughs> with all the Furbies. Dolls for your bridge, making an earthquake so in your pants. <laughs> and I'm not talking dolls about Alistair. Dolls are so scary. Don't aren't dolls scary? A little, yeah. It's like those eyeballs. It's those human qualities yeah. that are looking at you. Yes, dolls are so freaky to me. They just like it's so they're creepy. They're yeah. too realistic. And they they just know? and they they have the eyes that follow you. They don't, of course, but in our head yeah. we're making. They're like them it's still us. looking at me. I had a yeah. poster of Rob Lowe <laughs> when I was younger, and Rob Lowe's eyes used to follow me around the room. So I had a pair of sunglasses that I broke the arms off of, okay. and I put the sunglasses over <laughs> Rob Lowe's head, and it, they fit him perfectly. But he didn't yeah. want you to walk around my room anymore. As if Rob Lowe couldn't get any cooler. You put sunglasses on the man. I know. <laughs> he, looked, he looked great at him. It's so funny to me. We, it's just, we, I don't like that, you know? We we like the human aspects and not some of the human aspects, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, it's like the I, when I when my nieces were very little, my my sister in law used to call and have them leave messages on the answering machine, like for your birthday or whatever, which mm -hmm. sounds nice. But there's something about like a disembodied child's voice that just yeah. like I know this is Anna and I love her, but this <laughs> I don't. Happy birthday, Angel. You're like, yeah. oh, uh, I don't like when you hear a child's laughter, like the, in like a scary movie, you just hear it. They use it in the Blair Witch, but uh, that was like one of that you just hear ch children laughing. It's supposed to be a good thing, <laughs> right. but in the wrong circumstances, like it's children laughing at a birthday party, yes, in the yes. woods at night, not so much. No, mm -mm, they're gonna eat <laughs> your face, of course. <laughs> All right, um, I keep getting it. I'm sorry. No, I no, did this we're, we're talking. <laughs> okay. so they, went for, they sold 40 million uh, Furbies in the first three years, and they also translated uh, into 24 languages. From Furbish? For, I don't It was like maybe you could speak Italian to it, and it would, would answer oh. back in Furbish or whatever. I think that's okay. the idea of it. Oh, let's see. Um, and like with any, any fad, but you know, what, the more we talk about it, it seems less than like a fad, but they had the updates. Uh, 2005, it sold uh, poorly. And by 2007, the toy had vanished from shelves, but it came mm. back in 2012 and they uh, incorporated a, a con uh, convention familiar to fans with the Tamagotchi. Depending on how you raise your Furby, it could develop into one of several different personalities. Oh, geez. Yeah. So you could you could make the evil Furby. Yeah, you burned like it with, with uh, lighters, and you now you're making like the evil toys in Sid's bedroom yeah. on Toy Story. You know, I'm gonna put my cigarettes out on its back <laughs> and see how you get raised. Shut up, like, you fireball with your dingleberries. How <laughs> <laughs> weird is that? I don't want that running around. Yeah, like you'd have like that's a lot of responsibility then. Yeah, to to raise your Furby. Can you imagine? somebody left the party so they could go take care of their Furby? Right. And I leave the party, but it's not for Furby reasons. It's just because I don't want to be in a party. Just because you know? I'm antisocial. Yeah. yeah I'm just <laughs> because I'm an introvert. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it also featured more expressive LCD eyes instead of robotic ones. Uh, and it came with a smartphone app, uh, which was the first for the time. And that one cost $54. Oh, 
that's not too much of a markup between those two no. times. And then 2016, they had Furby Connect, which is an, an app that's compatible with the Furby. And you connect to Furby World. Um, and you, you could change, uh, it doesn't really change personalities anymore, but you can watch videos and listen to music with the Furby. And the app, you can hatch and care for uh, Furblings, which I guess oh. are the babies. Oh, no, they're breeding. Yeah. Uh, you pour That's water scary. on them or something. And <laughs> you can build a village of your furry pets. You, you connect and also receive regular updates via the app. So your Furby's texting you or whatever it does. And that one costs $100. Don't you think there's got to be somebody out there who just took this too far? Like yeah. if they just want to come home to their Furbies and they that's all they associate with now. But the thing There's got to be somebody who's like wants to marry his Furby. There was or a guy in, in Japan who married, um, it was like a a computer lady. It was like a composite, like they made this computer. I don't even know how to describe it. Like Almost an like Archer? A, I don't know. I, I, don't I don't watch Archer, but it was oh, like Archer's a- so good. Kind of like a hologram type deal. But then yeah. like, then they couldn't update her anymore. So I think they, she essentially died. But oh. it, was, it was like, uh, well- I think we covered this in a previous episode of this the show called People Who Married Objects. Yeah. Where it's but I, then but then I'm also like that guy is going home to his Furbies or whatever, but he's yeah. not hurting anybody, you know? Yeah. See, that's I'm okay. All for with that. me. Yeah. But if if he disconnects from like my thing is like, yeah, you don't want to disconnect completely from society though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if that's every like if he goes home to like his Furby wife and his Furby kids and he doesn't see people <laughs> and just, do you know what I mean? Like if he just isolates and becomes yeah. I knew a girl years and years ago who had sock monkeys. So sock monkeys, is that what they're called? They look they're made out of socks and they look like little monkeys and they're sewn yeah. together. They're yeah. stuffed. And she thought of those as her kids. Like she took them around. Did she have like any other like inklings of mental illness. I don't know the what better way to phrase that. She was that, like but... a manager at a place that did like document storage. So, but like, so she was relatively like she had a monkeys, day job. Yeah, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. And Which that, I guess that's... is okay. Like she's not like you said. She's not hurting anybody. Yeah, but it's also like a slippery slope to disconnect from humanity and sort of put your. Yeah, you know, I don't know how to put that. Now you're the like, sock monkey lady, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's bizarre. She had like a website form back then and every, I wish I remembered what her name was, but I was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Again, you're not hurting anybody, but it's also your sock monkey lady, you know? like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get a message. Hey, I'm the sock monkey. <laughs> I know. Look. You bastards. Uh, right. <laughs> it's, it's like you said, it's cool that you're not hurting anybody, but. It's sort of like you hope that these people don't only have that because then you're missing out on like human connection and yeah. interaction and you know what I mean? Yeah. But so, I don't know. Yeah. Some people, it's like when you, you're all into Sims or World of Warcraft, like, but yeah. I don't, who am I to judge for what you do? But it's also, you could go and hang out with people. And I think that's fun too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But there's also like, I don't know. You're online and you're talking to people and they're playing the game. Like that's at least some interaction. With yeah, people. interaction with your sock monkeys, and then <laughs> you get a boyfriend, and then somehow the sock monkey pops up, and 
next to the yeah. boyfriend when you're at work and he's like, what happened? The soccer right. is jealous or whatever. <laughs> it's like if anytime there's a ventriloquist thing and then you find out that oh. it's the, you know, it's talking or whatever, the doll. Yeah. Ugh. It's like the clown from Poltergeist. Yeah. Yeah. Why? If you're terrified of that, why are you having it in the room in the first place? <laughs> um. So sorry, Caleb, that was Caleb a big Ch- huge no. tangent. This is, we're we're wrapping up here. Caleb <laughs> Chung, he put it in two thousand in a 2014 interview. It's kind of what I I told you earlier. He said Furby was a big hit because on purpose, uh, was made to let you believe it was alive. All electronic toys up till then were squeeze my hand and I'll count to ten. A very centered toy, self centered toy. And so it became human in a way that other products hadn't been. It became uh, human and present. So it's like that was maybe the phenomena. And that, again, he also said it later in the interview. That's what also turned people off about it. So yeah, yeah, that would have been me. Yeah, I never had one. Well, the, you didn't buy into the fad, and it sounds no. like it's not a fad. But uh, yeah, that's true. Those are the fads that we were talking about today, Jill. I liked it. I now, which one of these would you buy into if you're going to have one? So we had Billy Big Mouth Bass. The Pet Rock. Pet Rock. And then the uh, Furby. Furby. And then we had uh, the Fidget Spinner. Probably the Fidget Spinner. I am uh, fidgety. Okay. I am too, but I think I'd go with the Pet Rock and like put it in like a terrarium. Yeah. Uh, that's less commitment. I thought of yeah. that first. It's a but, fun kind of piece that you can look at, but I don't have to mess with. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, like you said you're a fidgety person. I know, so but I got see- scissors. What do I need a fidget spinner for? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a hazard. Why would yeah, I got I just got to cut me? myself. I didn't look at the right way to spin <laughs> your scissors uh j- let's let's wrap up let's plug your website your album and uh what else uh, what you want to talk about you also have a podcast don't you i do it's called my mom is a bitch uh but it's very it's very niche it's it's okay. for people who uh maybe are either in a relationship in a relationship with somebody who's a narcissist and they're recovering from that stuff yeah so that's a, that can be that. a drain people will drain you they will drain you but it's not it's uh it's meant to be funny because I just I think it's funny to be like, "Hey, have you heard my mom is a bitch?" I just thought that was <laughs> funny, and uh, I try to just go through like, "Okay, this is what this stuff means," and then give people like a helpful, uh, like something useful that you can do. Because mm-hmm. there's always like, "Oh, you you should do all these ethereal things," and I'm like, "Here's a hard, concrete thing that you can do just as a person to feel better today." Yeah. So I do well, that, and it's also that's a kind of a half self help thing of like. To make you feel yeah. a lot, not alone, because those narcissists sometimes make you feel alone. They do. They isolate you and make you feel crazy. So that was my goal. Not I, I, real, Jill. Did you know? That? Not, <laughs> I never said that. Maybe you think you said that. But I was, yeah, it's, I, did, I did an episode on gaslighting. So it's it's just that, and I, you know, I just did it because I'm like, even if one person hears it and feels like, oh, me too, mm-hmm. then it will have been worthwhile. And I get not a ton but like people are like where did you go if i don't do it they're like what happened to you and i'm like yeah way to to build a podcast centered toward people who are probably have like huge abandonment issues and then you don't show up one week and you're there just like where did she go she did it to me too (laughs) i know that bitch my podcaster's a bitch so it's it's a labor of love it's it's one of those things where like 
people do say this is really helping me and I, I haven't done I haven't done one since the end of December and then I did one recently because people were like what happened where did you go it just kind of da, da, da. Yeah. so I did one recently and you know it's like I said it's a labor of love uh, and it's very specific so if you don't if you're not dealing with narcissists then you're probably not well there. we talked about um, four specific fads so I think specificity is not the worst yes thing. not the worst thing and on my website's jillmarigos.com and all of my social media is just at jillmarigos. Excellent. Well, Jill, thank you for being or uh, Maragos on the show. Or how Maragos. are you saying it? Uh, <laughs> Mar- I said it, Maragos whatever the correct it. way is, is what I say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if you get it wrong. I know I never care. It's awesome. Uh, well, thank you for having me again. This is yeah. great to be invited back. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be back again if you'll you'll join me. So thank you for being I on the show, definitely. Jill. Bye.